Okay, anyway, James, how are you? Sleepy. I'm going to give you that. Definitely sleepy. Why? I don't know. It's like only 10. I think I aged. <laughs> Suddenly I'm old and I just get sleepy at random times. So I'm sleepy now. Have you had like a particularly taxing day or like a big meal or no, something? No, in real life, I've just been sleeping really poorly. Oh. <laughs> so that catches up for you eventually. You don't quite get through the full day anymore. Um, and I have just eaten as well. So I'm sure that's all gone to my stomach and all the blood's removed itself from my brain. <laughs> to be fair, I, when you're talking about aging, really did feel it on my first game back playing football for the first time in five months. Now, I, I appreciate Basically, everybody was in the same boat, but, you know, the ball was getting humped to the other end of the pitch. And, of course, I valiantly try and sprint after it or the the person who's getting increasingly further and further away from me. Yeah. And I got, I was at the the position or at at a stage where my legs would not move as fast as I wanted them to. Like, no matter how hard I tried, they were just not going. Were you leaning so far into it that you're almost falling over because your legs can't (laughs) keep up? Not so much that, just like... You know, if, if you've got like a wee Corsa and you've got five people in the car and you're trying to go up a hill, yeah. the engine is screaming, but you're barely making any progress. That's basically right. what happened. You actually probably were screaming. Ex- well, I mean, except in a Corsa, it was just me and I was running on AstroTurf. So it's not quite the same, but it's that's that's the yeah. image I had in my mind. And at that point, I realized I'm getting old, man. Well, I think a big part of that as well is the ages off thing because uh, we've seen a lot of football teams really struggle with injuries upon returning after an unexpected and quite long break followed by not much prep time before football season. That's true. Uh, so I expect you didn't really do any prep time before your football season. So it's going to take a bigger toll on you to enter completely unprepared into a game well, if the if the pros can't do it after a couple of months of prep. Talking all football teams, I actually am doing a fun media training session tomorrow morning oh. for a Scottish Premiership club and their manager. Oh wow! I'll give you I'll give you a guess as to who who it might be. You won't get it. Partick Thistle. No, but but right ballpark. It's and also Park those are not in the in the Premiership, but nice try. Yeah, I'm just making a fun one. Was <laughs> okay. uh, it Saint Mirren? Well done! Wow, oh, very impressive, James. It is indeed Saint Mirren. Jim Goodwin is the manager. What are they needing media training for? They've not done anything embarrassing <laughs> recently. Well, all the other teams do. Th- they had the they had what they thought was some COVID cases, and it turns out they didn't. Right, and I'm sure they were very grateful that Celtic and Aberdeen took the flag for them. But uh, oh, that's a, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I imagine it will be a mixture of you know wanting to make sure the manager is saying the right things, but also when some you know difficult COVID questions come up or a similar issue, that he's all over it and he and he's you know saying the right things that makes the club look good. And uh, with my help, he'll do that. Are you doing COVID specific training? Yeah, I don't think it's COVID specific. You've learned all the good COVID buzzwords, how to say no to COVID and stuff like that. He's practicing the word. Lockdown. Yeah. Just say it lots of times. Yeah, that is that's a all you need. tongue twister in its own. Yeah, so that's fun. We'll see how that goes. See if I can get him on the show. Oh, yeah, get away recording. Can you shout out my podcast? We talk about football once every year or so. <laughs> uh, I could do that really cringe thing where I you know, start the session by saying, so Jim, I actually interviewed you several years ago whilst I was at uh, STV. Do you, do you remember my face at all? Do you remember that one press conference I went to because <laughs> STV were short of someone to go out no, and speak to St. Mirren? Yeah, don't do that. But if you walk in and he's like, Kevin? You can be like, oh no, Colin. And, he, and, the, and you'll know he was trying to remember a familiar face. Well, when you say walk in, this whole session has been done virtually. I don't think when we will have... When you walk into the frame... Okay. 
I don't think we will have any. And your name is on screen and it says Kevin. Yeah. And he's like, Kevin? Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I genuinely don't think we're going to have any in-person trainings for no, no. the for rest of the time. year. I mean, we're, we're, we're waiting on uh, bold Nicola to say, hey, oh, man, yeah. every office that is actually non-essential, but, you know, you can you can open now. That I, I doubt that will happen anytime soon. I know that well, it not. has been little by little, but yeah, I, I reckon it'll be probably spring next year, maybe summer by the time we get back to people actually wanting to do sessions in person. But I, wasn't it Hancock who just said that we could be back on our feet by Christmas? Did he? Oh, that's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> just as we hit the highest daily infection rate since June. You're preempting the start of the show, James. Come on. Sorry, sorry. Welcome to the <laughs> to, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Seesaw Parade, episode two one nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm Colin, and he's James. Indeed, Corona free. As far as we know, it. I had to isolate on Sunday for all of twelve hours because oh, we wow. thought that my nephew had COVID. He did not have COVID. He was just a toddler who you know got a cold who got a toddler <laughs> yeah. disease they yeah well a it was, lot of those. It was yeah. a, vi- a virus induced wheeze is what he had Oof, yeah that's right but uh, whilst he was being tested for covid we had to stay inside and i didn't get to go have a beer in thurzo city center ah. city center it's just grown enormously city overnight center, yeah yeah which of course you know a, a beer in in one of thurzo's finest establishments would have been you know a night to savor so mm, mm-hmm. it's a shame to miss out on that one absolutely but yes welcome to the show thank you to everybody who is listening i appreciate every single one of you we do don't we james we do not just colin i also <laughs> yeah. appreciate you and I, I'm also speaking to you from my cupboard because, yeah, James, I am in the middle of transforming this cupboard into a, a, a soundproof booth. This is a walk-in, a walk-in closet kind of a situation. It is a walk-in closet, absolutely. Not you're not just in a, a wardrobe. So it's it, do you know those those cupboards slash wardrobes where you've got the sliding glass doors? Right. Yeah. 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 This is what I'm in. Wait, if if you listen carefully. I mean, you had to listen very carefully to that, but but that yeah, was I got nothing. That was the sliding doors shutting. Uh-huh. I am now encased in the cupboard. Have you got Have you got a light in there? Not yet, but uh, that's that's on the to do right, list. That's in, that's in the plans. Yeah, it is in the plans. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I, basically, I ran out of the sticky things that you stick on these bits of foam. Right, and so I have. About 12 pieces on the wall, but I need some more. I need some on the ceiling. And I also need a, like a curtain yeah, yeah. on my right. So, uh, it's, you know, just little by little, but we've made a start and it sounds much better than I, when I did when I was recording in the kitchen and there was the rumble of a washing machine and a fridge, which is about 15 years old. You, you sound very professional. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this very professional show, then you can do... Well, one half very professional show. <laughs> okay. At Operate on Twitter, CeaseOperate at gmail.com, and also CeaseOperate on Facebook, or just drop us a message. That would be great. We'd, yeah, we'd love but, that. But don't come visit. Well, no. And also, my my plans for the weekend have been scuppered due to our first item on the show, James. Shall we, shall we begin with some local lockdowns? Let's get, let's get to it. That's, a, that's, a, what we, that's our catchphrase, right? Yeah. James, restrictions on visiting other households in Scotland have come into force for you and I and around 800,000 other people in the Glasgow, Western Bartonshire and East Renfrewshire region. Congratulations, everybody. We partied too hard. 
We did, actually, yeah. So Nicola Sturgeon said on Tuesday that these restrictions will last for a fortnight, they will be reviewed after seven days, and it's because the vast majority of the new cases in Scotland over the past three days have been in the Greater Glasgow and Clyde area. And a lot of those are related to house parties, apparently. Clearly, we're all just going at it too hard after weeks and months of, of a lockdown but now here we are going back into it again it James begins did you, yeah would you say that this was entirely unexpected no the rate of infection has been on the rise since summer and we're out of summer now by the way congrats everybody I know goodness sake and everybody that happen? everybody's getting even more cosy when they're going to their parties I suppose because now the rate of infection is too high and of course uh, one of the few things that we can close down about really harming the economy is house parties. So we've cancelled those. People can still go to pubs and stuff yep. um, because ideally they have measures in place and rules to keep people distant, which maybe you don't when you're gathering at a friend's house and stuff like that. So it's not a surprise that we're having to go back into lockdowns. We've been expecting this since it all began. We've been talking about local lockdowns for months and months now. Um I wouldn't be surprised if we see more things that were slated to become available now pushed back a wee bit, like fans and football stadiums and yep. stuff like that. Who knows? Who knows what kind of a, an effect uh, the current pretty high rate of infection is going to have on the near future? Well, people in Aberdeen and particularly the local politicians of Aberdeen were very upset that in Glasgow, the lockdown was only for people going inside other folks' houses. Whereas if you recall... Last month, after the pubs reopened and Aye. pictures of people failing to social distance went viral and lots of cases were then uh, sprung up in the Granite City, everything was shut down for yeah. a fortnight. And so Aberdonians were saying, well, how's that fair? So James, how is it fair? Uh, oh, I guess because we didn't have any pictures of people crammed in pubs go viral. <laughs> I'm supposing if we did have those, it might have been... Well, I may have missed it. Send them to the podcast if I have missed that, but... As far as I can tell, they're saying the data is, uh, hey, most of these cases are coming from houses, not pubs this time. So stop doing the house stuff. Maybe that will make everybody go gather in pubs. And in two weeks time, we're going to have pubs cancelled too. I think that sounds good. Everybody just stop for a, for a month. <laughs> Do you expect, James, that we'll see the same amount of compliance this time round in comparison to what we no. saw certainly at the start of lockdown between March and May? No, people are people got tired of it fast, and I don't expect we'll see people caring quite as much the second time, um, unless the 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 people writing the speeches for all the politicians think of some real good words that we haven't heard before um, to convince us. But I, I don't expect lockdowns are going to be as effective. But the good thing, you know, in a sense, is that the it's not spreading as quick as it did the first time around. If you're looking at the graphs, it's a it's a linear increase, right. seemingly, most of the time since June, rather than an exponential one, because all the lockdowns and all the rules we do have in place are limiting the spread. Um, so it's not so catastrophic if people are a little bit more lax, but ideally everybody cares a lot and then we get out of the mini lockdowns sooner. Yeah, I mean, that's the ideal scenario, but that's just not how it's going to go. Because It's not going to happen. No, because people, as you say, are tired of this. 
And despite the fact that, yes, the, the rates are going up, deaths have been, I want to say, very low, if not non-existent in the last few days, last few weeks, at least. Have we had seven in the UK? In, Scot- in Scotland, at least, there's been there's been none for quite some time. Yeah, I don't remember what the Scotland ones. I feel like there was two sometime recently, but maybe I'm lying to myself. Well, anyway, in, in comparison to what it was, people will see this and say, it's not that bad, yeah. so therefore I'm going to continue to yeah. go over to my neighbours. Yeah. But it's that complacency that could see it become exponential again, and it's that complacency that could see the number of deaths, which is usually two to three weeks delayed, um, rise and we might see that starting now maybe halfway through the month we'll start seeing some deaths but uh, overall in the UK generally there's there's fewer people on ventilators than you might expect um, right. we are handling things better but we got to do better still okay well linked to the local lockdowns James is the rules for self-isolating or quarantining once you've come back from holiday across Europe in various different Several places. Several locations, yes. Yeah. The news today, though, is that if you're in Portugal and you come back to the UK, you will have to self-isolate for 14 days, depending on where you're from. Because if you're flying back to Scotland or Wales, then you have to you have to quarantine, you have to self-isolate. Right. But if you're from England, you're fine. Right. Life goes on as normal. And I, I bet people are calling that confusing or something. Well, so, so a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, can I fly to Newcastle and then drive to Glasgow? <laughs> Does that mean I'm okay? Does that mean I can, I can avoid the 14-day self-isolation? Right. Sure, yeah, that, yeah. I'm sure that one works. How does this approach work in reality, though? Because, because the UK government are working off the same data, I imagine. So how can they come to two completely different we've solutions got, of, you know what, if you come from Portugal, then you have to self-isolate, but the English side says, you know what, actually, no, you, you don't, it's fine. Yeah, well, we've got the same data, but different advisory groups now. Scotland has its secondary sage group who are um, looking at things more Scotland-centric, I suppose. Um, so we might, we'll, they'll be giving us different advice to what the UK-wide sage is saying, and this will be one of those things. Uh, Scotland's got a pretty high rate of infection because we're one region of the UK, whereas England, which has several different regions of a similar size, might have a lower average and therefore it's harder for them to justify making sweeping rules for an entire nation. Whereas in Scotland, it's like, hey, we, we've, done, we've messed up. Let's change the rule now. And then people will complain that it's confusing and whatnot. But it, it really isn't... Um, you're being asked where you're from. I believe we learn that kind of thing before we go to school and stuff. So just read the name on the sign, I guess, or, or on the ticket on the flight or, or your home address, maybe, if you, if, you, if, you, if you write your country on that often. These things just make sense. We're inevitably going to have to have different rules for different locations. So, of course, it makes sense to have different travel rules for different regions of the UK as well. Okay, one more Glasgow story before we move on, unrelated to COVID. Right. Uh, this is the story of Mercy Baguma, who was an asylum seeker from Uganda, yeah. who was found dead last week next to her crying baby. And police are saying that she was... Essentially, she died from malnutrition. Yeah. She had lost her job. Her leave to remain had expired. Yeah. That, and that was it. There was, there was no outside help for her. They were, I think she was getting food from perhaps charities and from friends. Uh, but James, this is, this is horrendous that someone has essentially been left destitute and 
totally abandoned by completely abandoned what, yeah. ev- everything everything that was that is meant to be there to protect her well charities make the effort they can yeah but n- none of the official capacities continued to care after her leave to remain had gone up they, they stopped trying to help which is inhumane the way the uk treats uh, asylum seekers refugees all, all sorts of people is clearly inhumane and it's causing things like this to happen not uh, rarely this happens more than we really know do you think that i mean we saw this with the um, amount of coverage of migrants who were attempting to get to the uk on ramshackle boats oh man it's such a non-issue yeah, yeah from cali but that that suddenly took over the headlines about a week ago is this just another issue which has just gone left unsaid for so long it will and now be. that there is something else to to focus on i.e covid and then soon to be brexit again these issues just get swept under the rug until the next tragedy happens they probably hope that it's going to be swept under the rug as all previous instances of this story have i think the thing that made this one different is that there is a child involved where one completely uh young and unable to take care of itself so that's going to make anybody be like well i guess we report this one um whereas if it was just an adult nobody cares i don't know why nobody cares because it's decent human um it's decent humanity rather to just care about people who have made it to your home and this country is is our home sure we should be inviting these people in they need help um but we're seeing uh uh, hostile policy and hostile leadership from Westminster about all this. Uh, p- lawyers who are uh, trying to help asylum seekers and refugees are being deemed as radical and such things, which is just disgusting language. Yep. Um, and this is an instance where Scotland, as a nation within the UK, has a different perspective on immigration, as we see in the polls. We have a different perspective from the average in the UK, and therefore, you'd think, hey, we might handle this better. But immigration is a power that is reserved to Westminster. We can't change it. So I think we should just rebel. I, I, I know Nicola listens. Nicola, just, just stop, stop doing things the Westminster way. We don't have, it's not humane. I am pretty sure we've got a, a pretty good reason to stop doing a, a law that is probably uh, not standing up to human rights. Well, hold hold on, hold on. You're you're saying okay, Nicola, do something, or or powers that be do something, particularly politicians. I believe, and you feel free to dis- disagree that having that as like a key component of your campaign for re-election, considering the Holyrood elections are happening next May, let's say uh, a key part of their components is. Extra benefits for uh, asylum seekers, for migrants, uh, people whose leave to remain is expiring, blah, blah, blah. Let's say that was a key part of their campaign. I imagine that there are more people against that than there are for it. Because people will say things like, oh, we should be helping our own before we help anybody else. That sort of attitude, which I believe is pervasive in society across not just Scotland, but the UK. I think in Scotland it's less pervasive. I can't, okay, I can't enough. guarantee it. As far as I know from the polls I have seen, and it's been a while since I saw them because I haven't looked since I read this story. I didn't come prepared. Um, our view on it is somewhat different, probably because we are just rebelling against the view of 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 Westminster, Scotland. People in Scotland tend to just uh, for for left leaning issues, a big motivator is rebellion. We want to be better than them by by being more humane. Um, 
it's it's the time to put a tiny little thing like that on the uh, run order because they're going for indie ref too. That's going to be the main drawback. I don't think you could write anything else uh, on on uh, your campaign <laughs> info that would be more of a drawback than indie ref too with a clear plan for yep. Scottish independence, which is what they're doing. So now is the time to put on. We are we want to have power over immigration in Scotland. We want to have power over the asylum seeker process and the refugee process in Scotland and get that power away from Westminster because it clearly isn't working the way it is. Moving into the world of movies and entertainment and in news which happened almost a week ago now yeah the u.s actor chadwick boseman who is best known for playing black panther died of cancer Mm -hmm. aged 43 he died at home in in la with his wife and family by his side Uh, he was diagnosed with colon cancer four years ago but had never made that information public and the news i mean certainly when i saw the flash uh, the news flash on my phone I was shocked. Like, yeah, just completely shocked. Mainly for, for, for two things. First of all, that someone so, so young would die of colon cancer, but also the fact, and almost more shocking, that nobody knew about it. And yeah, nobody knew it was coming. That, to me, is, is testament to clearly how, um, how close his inner circle was, that that didn't leak or that didn't get out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, James, your, your reaction to this, because it was a shock. Yeah, it was shocking. Um, it it goes to show as well how important it is to give people from an underrepresented group in society a chance uh, to shine now rather than waiting. So when people are talking about just be patient, wait ten years for this or that, mm-hmm. might not get the chance. This is he was the ideal. Um, man to take on the role of Black Panther and become an inspiration to countless uh, black youth world over at this point because it was such a big film. Yeah. Um, because as much as some people want to deny it, it is important to see someone that you identify with in the media in this day and age. It just matters. And that's that's you can you can look into the research for that, how big of a difference it makes to people's perspectives on th- themselves. Um so it is incredible to me that he was going through this immense amount of training and filming and I don't know how many films he did in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly driven, knowing how effective all these things could be uh, because there's not many things that I think I, I would deem worthy of doing if I knew, <laughs> you know, it's all going to be over yeah. soon. No, I totally agree. Uh, the other thing it's an indicator of is colon cancer and some other cancers are more fatal for black men than white men. So maybe this could be an instance for funding, finding mm-hmm. out why and how to how to mitigate that. Because there's all sorts of things where uh, as lucky white men have been the, the, uh, the, the subjects of studies into different uh, diseases and different measures for safety and stuff. And therefore all... Uh, Medicine and all safety measures are designed around the average white man. And it leaves out, you know, all females and it leaves out people of other races. So uh, it's an indicator of that, that uh, even even if it wouldn't have made a difference for him, uh, the fact that it's uh, 
very public case of somebody who might have had a better chance if he was of a different race to survive will hopefully lead to uh, help for future uh, generations worth of people who suffer from this cancer. Well, James, you touched on the, the the films he did over the last few years. I do have one which I'm about to review, but talking off the amount of coverage and tributes that were paid over the last few days, what really struck me was just how much of an impact Black Panther actually made as a movie. And I know yeah. we covered it a lot at the time, mm-hmm. and it's it's tragic that it's almost had to come to the death of its main star for it to be perhaps truly appreciated for the massive impact it made. I'm not denying the one that it had at the time, but it's only looking at it now and you think, wow, okay, this guy, this actor really did, you know, have that impact in the lives of, as you say, you know, young black people across the world. Mm -hmm. Because I, and you again, feel free to disagree. Anybody disagree. I believe if any other famous black male actor had died, uh, of course there would be tributes, of course there would be wall-to-wall coverage, but I, but because it was Chadwick Boseman and because it was Black Panther, it was even more so mm-hmm. in comparison to somebody else. And I understand what you mean. Yeah, I, I, perhaps I'm just explaining that really badly, but that to me is testament to just how monumental Black Panther is as a movie. It is it is a cultural landmark. It is something that, in years to come, will be looked back on as, okay, that was that was a watershed moment. And people yeah. already see it as that anyway. Yeah, it was recognised as that all along. Okay, James, uh, linking on to this, I'm going to review Da Five Bloods, which is right. one of Chadwick Boseman's last movies. It came out on Netflix uh, a couple of months ago. He does have one more movie coming out. It's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It was meant to be coming out this month, but Netflix have postponed it for the time being. Uh, So this is one of his final performances. It's Spike Lee's latest film, who most recently did Black Klansman, which is also... (laughs) We talked about it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, it was very, very good. And we definitely reviewed uh, a trailer for it to Five Bloods. Just to to give you a quick summary, it's the story of four Vietnam vets going back to Vietnam to get the remains of their leader, who is Chadwick Boseman, which is a, a sort of cruel twist of fate. Yeah. Um, but there's also gold that they've buried somewhere in the somewhere in the country, and they're they're going back to find it. Um, the film itself is is violent. It's funny. Its storytelling is incredibly creative. In that. Throughout the movie, it switches between three different aspect ratios at a regular on a regular basis, and different like color grading to show the different periods of time. Which is when when you when I when I was watching it, I've never seen anything like it in the way that it sort of in the way that it morphs between all sorts of uh, yeah different time periods and showing different parts of history. Right. There's also use of really graphic still images there's iconic mm-hmm. archive footage of the vietnam war some of which includes actual murder which when you're watching it and you realize what's happened is is pretty horrendous yeah there are monologues de- uh, delivered straight down the lens so there's some almost fourth wall breaking it is very much a spike lee film because of course it has some nods to or rather not nods but jabs at um the Klansman in the White House, yeah. which uh, I believe is what, how one of the characters put it. 
the the film is it's like a road trip, but it's a war movie and it's a drama all rolled into one. Right. It really does grab you. For example, I was ironing whilst I put the film on and started ironing, and then I stopped ironing and watched the rest of the movie because I couldn't do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um the the characters are interesting, they're three-dimensional, and they're not just like it's it's not just good guys. They're all morally complex people who right, yeah. were wronged, as in they were you know, black men being sent out to the US uh, from from the US to Vietnam to fight in the war and being massively overrepresented and sent to the most dangerous part. Right. But yeah. also these people did bad things and they're blinded by the, you know, political allegiances they, they now have. There's, you know, PTSD, there's mental health issues all thrown into the mix as well. It is here's where I get to the negative points. It does have a a problem with its portrayal of women in that right. they're basically just pencil outlines of what women should be. They're, they're, they're given nothing interesting to do or say. Right. And I've got a couple issues with how the uh, the plot points that develop in the film, how they fail to impact the characters in the way they should. Okay. For example, and a very mild spoiler here, mm-hmm. one of the characters is blown up by a, by a landmine. Right. And as opposed to being some sort of earth-shattering moment where none of them are the same again, it is given maybe 30 seconds, and then they move on and everything's fine. And and the movie just just continues on without skipping a beat. And so... Oh, okay. So there's a couple of moments like that which just... It just took me out of the movie because I'm thinking, well... You know, if, if you're all meant to be such great pals, I'm not really sure that, you know, that's how you would have reacted. But hey-ho, I'm, I'm reading too much into it. Chadwick Boseman is great. Movie is... Uh, uh, fun is not the word, but it is it is a good film. Right. It's very long. It's actually longer than Tenet, which is the other movie I watched this week. But if you want it, yeah. I mean, if you're up for kind of a gory, spikely war movie, yeah. watch it. I, I think I might. Okay, James, have you seen anything this week? Well, I was trying to think of what I've watched, and I realized that recently I finished a season of an anime. Oh, what? No way. Imagine. Yeah, I, I, it was just so underwhelming that I didn't even remember that I finished it. <laughs> uh, it's not the most recent season, but it's... Um, I Well, actually, I finished two seasons. I never even talked about it. I finished uh, seasons three and four of the anime Food Wars, which... Food Wars. Yeah, Food Wars. It's about... A culinary school that's really difficult to one get into and to survive. Um, okay. Not like with your life, but with your career, I guess. Right. Um, however, it, flashing back to season one, it was a satire on over sexualization in TV while also being a show about cooking. Um, <laughs> and it sounds insane, but it was real good. Uh, it was okay. presented with overly cutesy styles of interesting characters, uh, like hyper over sexualization, but um, in ways that you knew they were making fun of themselves for doing. Right. Um, and then it got popular. And then in season two, they kind of lost a lot of the charm. And season three lost a lot more of the charm. Uh, and it's kind of just been very not good since then, but I've watched it anyway. I still like some of the characters. I still like some of the decisions they're doing. Uh, if, I, if you are interested in watching the anime, I would say to give season one a go. But I have not been—I I have not been giving it high ratings since then. I do not give these uh, last two seasons high ratings as much as there were some moments where I felt I felt real feels. 
Okay. It's not worth it, even for those real feels. Well, James, I, I see your anime and I raise you a Christopher Nolan film. I have. Basically the same thing. Essentially, yeah. You know, Food Wars, Christopher Nolan, yes, synonymous, right? Oversexualization. <laughs> okay. Messing with the way you present stories. Yeah. So I have now seen Tenet. I saw Tenet. Ah, but have you? On the <laughs> Or will you? <laughs> I saw Ten on the first day it came out in uh, Glasgow, Silverburn, Cineworld, uh, in a, a 200-seater capacity screen, and there were seven people there, which wow was was like mildly surprising. But also, then I thought, well, yeah, I'm not though because people people aren't really rushing; they're not clamoring back to see movies, no, unless you're me and a nerd and want to see Christopher Nolan films. My my amazement is is more at the fact that people actually cared enough to not go that's that that impresses me i thought this might be the one thing that breaks people back into the the old cinemas well so this was the hope with tenet it was it was the hope that this was going to be the big blockbuster that kick-started the movie industry again and yeah. whilst it may be doing that in some other countries i know it's number one in a, a few european uh few european places and yeah seems to be doing okay in china and it's opening in the states uh, tomorrow yeah it is it has been out in the uk for a week i'll be very interested to see what the box office is but i imagine it is tiny anyway review the film as i as i predicted last week with the plot i was about i was about 50 percent right it's pretty good for a Nolan movie. So there were there were certain aspects of it I didn't quite get, but I listened back to my my prediction of the plot, and I was yeah, I was basically there. Right. Here's here's my summary. I enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. without really understanding what was happening. Right. So there were like very cool things happening on screen and amazing visuals. You know, Christopher <laughs> Nolan has always been one for doing things for real if yeah. he can. Yeah. Because. The human eye can tell when something's been faked. And so the visuals in this, great. First class, really enjoyed those parts. The acting on the whole is fine. <laughs> it's not to the same standard as previous movies. Right. John David Washington, who is Denzel Washington's son, he is the protagonist in this movie. And that's also his character name. He is the protagonist. He is very, <laughs> he gives it his all. He's very good. But just he and Elizabeth Debicki with whom he does try to enter her inner circle of trust, they just lack any sort of spark of believability. Right, they're, right, they're, right, they're right. just The two of them are totally flat, and Kenneth Branagh doing his best Russian accent is just <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Like, he, he is someone who I look at and think, you're just Kenneth Branagh putting on a funny accent. Maybe it's so, just an expat. He's only been in Russia for like five years. It is the it is the kind of movie which I'm gonna go have to I'm gonna have to go back and watch again. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure when I watch it again, I will understand more of it. Yeah. It is very clever, I think, but <laughs> it also works with this total paradox. For example, and they bring this up in the film, they say, "Hey, let's say a time traveler went back in time and killed his own granddad." Would he therefore cease to exist? Yeah, the, the literal grandfather paradox. That, that, that's what it's called, yeah, the grandfather paradox. Yeah. And the film basically does that and says, eh. Kind of? <laughs> we're doing it. It's fine. So, you know, I think if you th- if you think too hard about this, similarly to Interstellar, if you think too hard about the movie, you're just going to make yourself sick with your brain being fried. Yeah. But I left having enjoyed my return to the cinema, but... Is it among Nolan's best films? No. Okay. It's, I mean, some of the visuals and how they've done this 
Because of as we've seen from the trailer, things are going backwards and things are going forwards. How he shot this is very, very impressive. So I, I would... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the VFX breakdowns and stuff. Yeah, I, I, so I would recommend it just to see some of these things because I'm watching it thinking, how on earth did they shoot this? Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. And one last thing, why does Christopher Nolan hate dialogue that we can actually hear <laughs> i know the amount of I times know. the amount of times in this movie where someone is saying something or having a conversation and it sounds like an important part of the plot and all i hear is just, and it's also obscured by the enormous soundtrack which is booming over the the dialogue yeah, anyway he learned the wrong lessons from the inception soundtrack basically oh I mean, it, it, he's just done... And Interstellar was the same. Interstellar, yeah. which just sounded like the composer, which I think was Hans Zimmer, had fallen asleep on his organ. Yeah. <laughs> I've fallen asleep on my organ before. I mean, the, the, the soundtracks are good on their own. It's just they, they put them on too high. <laughs> yeah, so... The volume, the volume is, is gone beyond the 11. Right, yeah. And, and there's... So I'm just I'm just thinking again to the to the movie. Start, parts of the soundtrack are played backwards because of course you know Tenet you have you've got to play backwards. Yeah. And some just of the like dialogue they slowed, they slowed down some of the soundtrack in Inception. <laughs> Did you notice that? And uh, yeah, some of the dialogue, despite the fact I couldn't hear parts of it, which did sound important. There were other parts of the dialogue which were so ridiculous I did stifle a laugh. So right, yeah. you just have to go in with. Yeah. Like, I'm going to enjoy this popcorn movie, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to try and figure it out, and then I'm going to forget about it. That's that's how I'd sum it up. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still very curious to see Oh, like, yeah, like, go see it. Well, it's fun. I'm probably going to wait till I can buy it um, and commit myself to okay. two days, two two watches in a row and, or something like that. Yep. Um, but it, it's inevitability. I don't think there's a time travel f- media or film or anything where you don't come out the other end. Like, I don't think they quite made me understand how the time travel works in this universe well, so, there's always a question so i i got it but i i like i got what they were attempting to to demonstrate in the movie but then i'm thinking well would that actually work but of course it's all a theory it's all you know time travel is not real or is it maybe i've gone back Ooh. in time and, and done this in the past Ooh. so because they're working off a theory they can kind of do what they want yeah basically and they can't really simulate it like they can a black hole. Indeed. James, uh, anything else before we check out a couple of trailers? That'll, that'll do for this week. Okay, two trailers. Uh, first of all, we've got a brand new trailer for No Time to Die, which is the James Bond movie, which is coming out in November. Yeah. Let's have a listen. Right. James, fate draws us back together. Now your enemy is my enemy. His name is Seven. And what does he want? Revenge. Me. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. You can imagine why I've come back to play. Jimbo, what did you make of this trailer? Right, okay. I I actually enjoyed the trailer. I, I do. It's another one of those ones where I feel like I've, I've kind of seen the film. Yep. I kind of get what they're going to do with every single story point, but it's a Bond film, so you already know that unless you're doing a, a Skyfall situation, which they're not. This looks like they 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 took they learned a lesson when they were making Casino Royale and such, How? which was like people like realistic, gritty, grounded James Bond. Yes. And then they, they did that for, I guess, a long time now, and then they went, that's boring now. I want to make just james bond but modernized 
And it looks like this film is just James Bond, but modernized. So I might, I might like it because it feels like it's going to be a bit different to the previous ones, which okay. became a bit dry. Right. I, I agree with that to an extent. I would say, first of all, yes, I feel like I've seen the movie. I know where it's going. I know what's going to happen. But it's a James Bond film. It's fine. It's, it's kind of what they yeah. do. But Yeah. Malik's excellent, by the way. Y- yes. My complaint with this and with this trailer and with this movie, particularly the trailer, is mm-hmm. we, we're shown some of these gadgets that Bond is using. And do you know what it reminded me of? Die Another Day. Spy Kids. With the oh, invisible wait, Aston Martin. Ah. And do you know... In, in James Bond world, okay, yeah, you get cool gadgets and, and stuff, but there's a line. There's a line of believability. Which one crossed the line for you? The the thing, it was like a plane that was being ejected from another plane and then it turned into a submarine. That's fine. <laughs> Why is that fine? I believe that one. I believe it. I can I can get behind I can get behind submarine plane. I think Why? It, I think it's completely reasonable. Within a James Bond universe, and far more reasonable right. than some of the goofy stuff that they used to do. And I, I, I'm right. liking the return to slight goof. Okay, I'm liking the return to a more casual energy that that Bond's got in this film. Like it, it, it does feel a bit more like they're trying to mix Craig's Bond with the look and feel of the old ones. So, so yeah, so that's that's a point. And that if you watch the old style Bonds, and I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen many of them, they do have this sort of campy air to them. Yeah, in in that, it's a little bit ridiculous as opposed to a straight down the middle action movie, and also yeah, which is what we've had for the last four. Yeah, that that's that is a fair point. I just feel like they may be crossing that invisible boundary of well, maybe that's too far. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't try to overcool it. It looks like it's going to have to be about three hours long to fit in everything <laughs> and give it the right weight. So I am worried about how much stuff they're trying to do here. But again, we're used to that. We're used to the, the current bonds being overly ambitious and under-delivering. Okay, one more trailer. This is Enola Holmes. As in... Her name is backwards. Alone. Uh, uh, yeah, Did it is. Did you realise? Well, she actually explains that in the trailer, so I'm going to have to find another clip to use now, James. Thanks. Ah. This is this is the trailer. Here's a clip from the, new, uh, from the first trailer for Enola Holmes. Here we go. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes. The famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. Where's your hat and your gloves? Well, I have a hat... Just makes my head itch. And I have no gloves. My God. A wild woman brought up a wild child. Who will make her acceptable for society? She seems intelligent. <laughs> I hate that they spelled it out. I hate that they spelled out my name backwards is alone. The <laughs> thing is, James, I would not have realized that had she had she not said it, so you would you would at one point or like I'm 10 sure in the years movie. down the line there's going to be a TIL on Reddit like TIL <laughs> and it's and it was a key point of the movie is that she's going to have to learn how to work with people rather than on her own so this to me now uh, this is Millie Bobby Brown who's better known from playing number 11 in Stranger Things sorry not number 11 11 in Stranger Things <laughs> she was number 11 she'd be playing for Stranger Things FC but she is not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she is uh, she, could be. Uh, she is alone Holmes who's looking out for her brothers, Sherlock and Mycroft. James, I'll, I'm going to start with my take on this. I thought this was great. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It looks great. I, 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 look, I like the look and the feel of it. Well done, team. I, again, it, it fails all the points or the, the, the tick boxes of giving away the plot in the trailer to an extent. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you've given me a teaser. You've given me that trailer. I am interested. I'm going to watch it yeah. because I you think know, you've I'm, seen every single scene that Cavill is actually in. <laughs> I do. I do find that very interesting because, of course, it gives the cast rundown at the end of the trailer just to show everybody who's in it. And second build behind Millie Bobby Brown is Sam Claflin, who mm-hmm. is a much lesser known actor yeah. who is playing Mycroft. And of course, Henry Cavill gets the with, and Helena, Helena Bonham Carter gets the and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, important distinctions. Absolutely. I, I was just very surprised, but I suppose it's because Henry Cavill would say, I'm not playing second fiddle to Millie Bobby Brown, some 14-year-old English teenager. Get out of here. He's a charmer. He's an absolute danger. Yeah, he- charmer. Did you watch him build a PC? I did, but his agent might not be quite the charmer. So his agent might know, not be. Yeah. So so he was probably pushing for the with or the and, and he got one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He could have had both of them with Henry Cavill, and Henry Cavill. <laughs> but I like I liked him in his little Sherlock. I hope we I hope we see more of this in general already, which is pretty cool to already want more of this. A refreshed yep. feel and maybe it's going to be complete trash and the only short is the good bits and it will change my mind in a couple of months or whatever whenever I go- eventually see it uh, but overall it, it looks like a, a good mix of uh, a lot of the recent trends in film that are actually working James, time is ticking away, so three international stories before we wrap up. Let's go over okay. to the States first of all. Um, do, I don't recall, did we talk about Trump's final speech at the Republican convention? I can't remember if we did or not. Oh, I don't think we did. Okay, well anyway, Trump gave a speech and uh, he, he said Biden a lot and that was about it. But he's yeah, now... Biden's America is going to burn to the ground just like America is and it's Biden's fault. Yes. The news this week is that the president has flown out to Kenosha, Wisconsin after Jacob Blake, a black man, was shot seven times in the back by a police officer. Have you seen the have you seen the the video, James? Yeah, the one where they kind of like usher him into his car so that he can become a threat and then they can shoot him. Yeah, I saw that one. So so the video and again, I'm unsure of the background details as to why the police were there. But the video shows Jacob Blake opening the door of his car, and as he is going, he's mo- moving to go into the car, a police officer shoots him seven times in the back. That has then yeah. sparked protests and what has now descended into, in some cases, uh, deadly riots. So yes. two people were shot dead in, I want to say, Portland mm-hmm. by a 17-year-old. And again, there is there is video of that as well. There is, yeah. Um So I saw the footage of that, James, and what it appeared to show was a 17-year-old called Kyle Rittenhouse, who I believe is a Trump supporter. Seems to be. Who had come to Portland with a pretty sizable gun. Yeah. But, you know, America, so fair enough. They're everywhere, yeah. (laughs) And whilst he is walking away or, or, or moving away from the protesters... They begin to run after him, mm-hmm. and he shoots two of them. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, he shoots two of them, one of whom dies, and the other one was shot through the arm. It turns out he shot somebody else at an earlier point. Yes. And that's probably why they were running that's after him. That's why they were trying to get him, because he was going to turn himself in or, or something, and that wasn't yeah. good enough. He then walks back to the police with his you know, hands in the air, and nothing nothing appears yeah, to they happen. Don't even, like, they don't even like drag him into a car to be like, hey, you 
you shot some folks. Let's get you down to the station. They're just like, oh yeah, you head home. Oh, you go. There's also yeah, and just in the last few hours, there's also been the story of a, a man who was. Uh, again, who died in police custody, I believe in March, in New York, who was restrained with a spit hood. Right. And yeah. uh, that's now being brought up as well. I believe Joe Biden made a very vague comment oh, yeah. about police officers who have done uh, committed acts of violence or murder in their jobs and they should be prosecuted yeah. without mentioning any names at all. Yeah, no call-outs. But that's actually the professional thing to do because there could be trials and you don't want you want yeah, to actually enough. be able to have a jury and stuff. So James, this is continuing to, to happen. I'm checking uh, the BBC News updates at the moment and yeah, there seems certain to be some more clashes this evening across uh, the states, but particularly in Portland. Uh, what do you make of what's happened over the last week? Uh, well, weeks, I guess. Yeah, weeks and weeks and weeks. The violence is going to keep on going until the police start or the state starts um, having proper big sit downs and proper big changes that are actually effective and not just token. Um, because the people in America are clearly very frustrated. And it's, again, to repeat, it's not just a bunch of looters and rioters who are just having a good time and wasting everybody's resources. Uh, there are fewer fires than we would all believe uh, because, you know, that's what the Portland Fire Service actually said is that it's not constantly burning like Trump is saying. Um, I get the feeling that instigation is still coming from supporters of the status quo, which right. this kid is one of them. He traveled very far armed to to completely do something that he'd been told not to. Yep. They, a bunch of people had asked, hey, can we be deputized so that we can help you defend stuff? And they were told no. And then he's he decided to try and do it anyway, traveled very, very far to to bring a gun to a place where it's of course going to escalate things just to have the gun and have it out in the open. And it's led to this horrible thing. Um, sure, like, it probably means that it wasn't premeditated murder and stuff, but still, it's pretty dumb. Um, I like I hope I hope lessons learned by people all over the nation not don't repeat this. Everybody's got to quit trying to escalate things. Mm -hmm. But until we see some actual progress, um, actual support for uh, societies that have not had enough support for years, and actual laws coming into place to punish uh, the police and to make examples of the bad ones, and to, to maybe I'm going to say give jobs back to the ones that have been fired over the years for reporting on police abuses and stuff like that. Yeah, there's not going to be much change, and uh, maybe it's going to take until Trump's out, which you know could be a very long time. Well, let me let me ask then, Jim. Just on that point, does what's happening in Portland and across the states with these protests does this strengthen Trump's re-election bid? I mean, it's it's a f war a war a full war he can point to and everybody everybody votes for wartime presidents that's what he's trying to do yep. he's trying to keep it going because then he's still a wartime president in his view yeah, no but it's a, a war in his own country yeah that is his own doing um but it will it will keep his support it will keep his support strong his base strong i doubt it's going to persuade any other voters who will be looking to a more moderate um, solution somebody who is saying hey we'll talk to everybody and solve the problem together which is exactly what biden is saying Everything seems to be benefiting Biden because Trump's trying very hard to paint this, the protests and all this as something that is Biden's doing or something that Biden is for. And Biden yep. is able to just come out and say, well, no, I'm not. I don't like looting. I don't like violence. I don't like riots. And then it's just done. 
Um, so Trump's stuff isn't landing on Biden lately, um, which who knows, maybe he'll find something that will and will actually cause harm on the polls. But for now, it's still looking a bit uh, promising, which of course is going to lead to more tension, the more desperate the administration gets to stay in power. Okay, penultimately on the show for today... The story of Alexei Navalny, who we mentioned last week, it's now a fortnight since the Russian opposition leader fell ill in Tomsk airport and then on a flight, rather, he fell ill on the plane after leaving the airport and the speculation was then rife that he was poisoned whilst there with a, a cup of tea. The news today is that German doctors confirmed that Navalny had been poisoned with Novichok, which, if you recall, was the same agent, uh, nerve agent, used to murder the Scripples in yeah. Shropshire, in, in England, uh, down in the south of England in 2018. Wow. And Navalny is still gravely ill. He's in intensive care in a hospital in Berlin. Yeah. And uh, the, the chat now is, what are we going to do about it? Or rather, what is the EU going to do about it because yeah. at the moment uh the chancellor our german chancellor angela merkel has uh said putin you're very bad don't, don't be bad <laughs> don't be bad she said more than that but i can't find it and also boris johnson said something like okay well russia have to tell us what actually happened which is I know, right? as lame a telling off as you can get yeah a bit similar to the response to the uk attack as well which is like oh well, uh, yeah, we don't yeah. really know what's going on we the russians will tell us because they're good kind people Norbert Rotgen, who is the chair of Germans uh, of Germany's Foreign Affairs Committee, has demanded a tough EU response and has said that a major gas deal with Russia must now also be reconsidered. So who yeah, thought Gazprom. that perhaps the one thing that's stopping any sort of real condemnation from happening is gas, is money? I mean, wow. it's not a surprise because it's the only option. Uh, due to everything that's been happening with relations in the Middle East, uh, the only other option for gas um, in Europe is kind of kind of gone a wee bit. So we are still reliant and dependent on Russia for yep. this. There's not really any sources within the EU. So the responses are going to be light. But it also means that Russia know that they're dependent on us to continue to buy it. So it is a bit of both. There is tensions both ways. Both parties could lose a lot. Uh, if the pressures keep mounting to to drop support for the new pipeline and whatnot. Right. Well, Russia, of course, have denied any sort of wrongdoing. Putin denied it as well. What sort of response do you expect then? You know, we've, we've speculated, of, of course, yes, this, uh, you know, gas and, and the EU is reliant on it and Russia also needs the money. What do, what do you expect will be the outcome from this? Mm-hmm. Because Novichok is out of the Russian playbook of assassinations. We've seen it time and time before. Yeah, well, they all know it was them. They maybe aren't saying it as publicly so, right. as sure as that. But yeah, there is... So th- they know it was them, so now what? Yeah. Well, I would lean towards saying the response is going to be the same as every other time that the Russians have done a thing like this, <laughs> which is not very big. The response is kind of like, oh, bad boys, don't poison people, don't give people toxins... Um, and then they do it again anyway. However, this is more high profile in the sense that it's somebody taking down their own opposition. Yeah. Uh, very specifically. So it's not just some expats in the UK and some some casualties along with them in the views of 
of the powers that be. It's not, it's not nobody. Is it someone? It is uh, another one of the opposition. So we might see some responses. We might see some um, economic responses, specifically targeting uh, the oligarchs in Russia, similar to how the EU is promising to target the oligarchs in Belarus if they don't behave themselves and things yeah. like that. Whether we'll actually see. Uh, any delivery on on these um, threats uh, is yet to be seen. But I will say this year it has seemed like the EU is more willing to put its foot down because it's done the same with China this week. It's, done, it's already said it all to Belarus. It's now saying it to Russia. So there has seemed to be a bit more unity from the EU in responding to places that are doing things that we deem unacceptable. Okay, well, one final story on Cease Operate this week, and this is the uh, situation in Belarus, which is continuing to roll on. And these were the most recently street protests, tens of thousands of people taking to the streets of Minsk to protest against the president, Alexander Lukashenko. Uh, Police have come out in force. There have been images and videos of uh, protesters being beaten and hit with batons. Uh, Protesters were chanting words like disgrace and leave in standoffs with police. And this has been, I would say, almost a month of mass protests after the election at the start of August, which has now been widely recognised as rigged. James, yeah. what, again, what, what is the fallout here? Because, of course, Belarus is its own country. Russia has its interests in it, considering it used it's to be a part of it. Definitely trying to, trying to warm up uh, the, <laughs> some support there. Yeah. Right, so, so, so what, how does this play out? Because, of course, they're their own sovereign state, but yeah. we, we, you can't just let rigged elections happen in 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 europe yeah well i mean you can but you shouldn't well they do but hopefully they won't um (laughs) hopefully we see resolutions that are led by international cooperation so there has been ideas floated of a a transition period to another election or a transition period to a new leadership and stuff like that right but it clearly hasn't made people think that's good enough they don't want to wait two years they want change now so uh, I, I, ideally, the riots and the protests and everything continues until there is change, as is the way of things. Um, but it might take a while. With the talk that we're having, again, from the EU of a united uh, front saying, hey, if you won't behave yourselves, we will stop giving your rich people all the money. Um, we might see some, some progress. But it, again, is about keeping Russia from uh, interfering too much because they're promising... Uh, police support and military support if Belarus needs and they're trying to get the president to come visit and whatnot. So uh, it could be pretty bad if there's a too much of a warming up between Belarus and Russia. We could see uh, attempts at all sorts of power moves. Um, so we don't really know what to expect, but at least there is signs that people are keen to put an end to this because we've got uh, plenty countries within the EU um, saying the same message. Okay, James, time is up. If, dear listener, you would like to contribute to the show, you can do. If you've got a review, if you've seen something, if you've got a uh, an opinion on something we've talked about, then please do get in touch. We would love to hear from you. And uh, James, thank you very much for being here. I'll see you next week. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's good to have you on a, an internet. It is, yeah, I should say. I've, I've got Wi-Fi again. Hooray! No, no more Mr. Robot. <laughs> Well, true, the the show did end last year, James, but yes, no more Mr. Robot from me either. Okay. Exactly. Um, 
just just to let you know, dear listeners, if you're still here, I will be reviewing The Boys, or at least, well, we'll see how much I get through. But I would like to get through as the most of the boys I can because season two right. is out tomorrow, Friday. Oh, I'll try. I'll try and keep up with you. Hey, okay, James. We'll see you and the boys next week. All right, cheerio, boys. Gender neutral term, all inclusive.